Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KDUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the Extra Point is good. Welcome in to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It is Monday. It is October 2nd. Bob Camp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. A lot to recap, whether it is in the NFL, college football, or Major League Baseball with the Arizona Diamond securing their spot in the playoffs as the sixth seed. We'll get to it all. Plus, we'll get to your phone calls if you'd like to chime in. 602-260-1060 is the number. 602-260-1060. We'll take calls around 1030 and 1115 in today's show. But let's first get things started here with the poll questions, and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. The Cardinals, they did end up losing 35-16 to to the 49ers, but at one point uh, they were one score down, uh, pushed the 49ers into the fourth quarter there. So the question through four games, are you convinced with the Cardinals, Jonathan Gannon and his coaching staff? Yes, continues to lead the way. 87% of the vote, no trailing at 13%. Yeah, I think that the, uh, we'll get to the answers a little later in the show, but I think I've mentioned more than time, more times than, uh, I could, uh, you know, Actually, I, I was told last week I've been, been I've actually been complimenting the coaching staff too often, which oh. I don't think is possible. But anyway, we'll see. I think they've done a nice job putting their team in a position to win because they don't have very many good players. Uh, they led at halftime the first three weeks of the season. They were within one score in the second half on Sunday. Now they were you know, completely, totally outmatched and the fact that uh, – you know the the Niners you know, pretty much did whatever they wanted to do on offense, but you know if the if the uh, excuse me the Cardinals could get like a couple of defensive backs that could cover somebody, which I right now I'm not sure they have any of those guys, including Jalen Thompson who's really good against the run but keeps getting put in situations where he has to cover somebody. Uh, that's the only coaching flaw I have so far, is you know and I think it's more of a personnel thing than actually coaching. We will dive into that question and answer around 1130 today. Still t- plenty of time for you to cast your vote, KDOS1060.com. Flipping this on over to Twitter at KDOSAM1060. Does the Diamondbacks' four-game losing streak to end the regular season mean anything in this week's wildcard series at Milwaukee? They are the sixth seed facing the Brewers here starting on Tuesday. Yes, leading the way at 66.7% of the vote, no trailing at 33.3%. You know, Diamondbacks offense, with the exception of that game last Tuesday in Chicago, has gone relatively or totally silent in most games since. And that's actually really been the case. I went back and looked. I wish I had the exact numbers here, but I just kind of uh, made a – I've made this reference for, you know, three or four months here. Really since the middle of June, this offense has been not anywhere near what it was the first, you know, two-plus months of the season – and unless Corbin Carroll does everything, it's uh, been inconsistent or bad. 
quite frankly. Now, the best news for the Diamondbacks is they are facing Milwaukee offense. They have great pitching, and they play great defense, and I think that Craig Council is the best manager in baseball. But the Brewers' offense is not great, even though it is better uh, than it was, you know, say, the week before the All-Star break when they added three or four bats, either via trade or you know, bringing up Sal Freelich, who was their top prospect. It's better now, their offense, than it was before. If the Brewers get any offense uh, during the postseason, I actually think they could win the World Series. But if they don't get any offense, they could be out in the first round even against the Diamondbacks. We'll answer that question around 1130. Plenty of time for you to cast your vote on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. Before I get into the Cardinals here, uh, you mentioned that you think Craig Council is the best manager in baseball. You like him over Bruce Bochy? I do. Um, and I just think that uh, you know, Bochy, for the most part, even this year, I mean, the Rangers have the best offense, one of the best offenses in the American League. They were number one in many statistical categories for the majority of the season before their offense got a little inconsistent in the last three or four weeks here. Uh, but I think that uh, you know, given what he's been dealt uh, I think that the, the Brewers clearly, uh, and you know, this has been going on for council for three, four, or five years now, they almost never do, they never fall short of, you know, basically they play, uh, they do as much as they can put, they, they get more, he gets more wins out of those guys than any manager that I've maybe seen in baseball for 20 plus years. I mean, it, just look at the roster and how many times they get in the playoffs how many times they challenge in the playoffs. They're never quite good enough to take the big next step and get to the World Series. But I just think that he, that their teams have maxed out under him almost every year. We will get into more Major League Baseball probably in hour number two as well. But first, we just keep on rolling here with Friday Spread, brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Once again, what we do uh, on Fridays, we go through the college slate, the NFL slate. We have a $100 gift certificate up for grabs. The winner of the $100 gift certificate also needs to come to the table with their weekend play. And so far, we are 5-0 heading into this Friday here. So things have been tremendous. Uh, our last listener from Friday, Cowboys minus 6.5, and, and that easily hit. So 5-0 heading into Friday for Friday Spread by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. But back to Sunday with the Arizona Cardinals. They went into Santa Clara. They were able to move the ball uh, quite often on the 49ers defense, but they could slow down 49ers and Christian McCaffrey. The 49ers came out on top 35 to 16. Let's start with the 49ers and the offensive side of things. Brock Purdy, 20 of 21, 283 yards, one touchdown. Brandon IU caught some really nice balls, six catches, 148 yards. Christian McCaffrey continues to be absolutely unreal. Uh, I'm curious to note after I get through this, if you think maybe he's being utilized a little bit too much this early in the season, 20 carries, 106 yards, three touchdowns, seven catches, 71 yards, and one touchdown. It was always going to be a tough task to slow down this offense in addition to how many players defensively they were missing for the Cardinals as well yeah I don't think they misused him because if you go back to that Thursday night game he uh, you know relatively speaking uh, got a, a lesser workload then on the short week they've had 10 days off Levi uh, Levi Mitchell the backup running back was in you know inactive yesterday 
So I you think know, that uh, they've done a good job managing uh, McCaffrey. They're certainly not using him as nearly as much as they did in, in Carolina. Remember, he used to have the 99% snap shares like every week and for seemingly a whole season when he was in Carolina before he unfortunately broke down there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that they've done a good job with that. I think they're a little concerned about a couple of injuries. You know, Drake Greenlaw, who we talked about some last week, uh, he injured his ankle yesterday, and that was even 10 days after they last played when he first injured the ankle. And then also yesterday, if they have an offensive weakness, I think it's their offensive line and weakness is a, you know, that's probably the wrong word. If they have, you know, something that you're, if you're the Diners, maybe the one thing you'd be most concerned about, it's the offensive line. And, you know, John Feliciano left that game yesterday in the first half with what they said was a concussion. Uh, looked like he might have a leg injury too, but they said it was a concussion. So those are the two things that just kind of stood out as far as the injury part there. The Niners had 30 first downs. In fact, they were so efficient that they only had five third down possibilities and had 30 first downs. Uh, yes. So to to that point there, uh, Jonathan Gannon was asked about, uh, you know, just going up against them offensively in addition to those third down numbers. And he said post game, we didn't get it to third down enough against a good football team and a good offense like that. It's hard to keep points off the board when you do that. That on us as coaches, we have to come up with some things to help them out. Uh, in addition to other things that I caught my attention for Jonathan Gannon about the game, he said post game I just told the guys there I appreciate the 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 fight and the effort we got to play cleaner execution wise cleaner with our brains to beat that football team it's a good football team and give them credit because they did a lot of good things out there today and just didn't make enough plays but they got back into the game just couldn't do enough to sustain to really make it a game game but proud of the team how they battled I think they battled, but, you know, I don't think personnel-wise they have much of a chance to compete against San Francisco, especially with the the, uh, the Cardinals are short on defensive linemen. They are short on inside linebackers. You know, they've made all kinds of roster moves again last week to try to get better. Or afford, you know, Ray Lopez, who was on the street, University of Arizona alum, he actually played a lot yesterday and did, did some good things. But I just don't think that uh, they have, you know, just the you know, basic personnel to compete against what might be, what I think is actually the best team in the NFL in San Francisco. Uh, also, Marco Wilson has just been terrible. Uh, there's no other way to put this now. And I don't think there's any question, and I mentioned possibly a couple of weeks ago, but three of the first four opponents that the, the – uh, I keep saying the Dimebacks – that the Cardinals have faced – they have the, the the offensive scheme has targeted Marco's Marco Wilson, and he is eventually has to make a play. I don't know what else they can do because it's not like they have a backup that can do anything. But he has been, you just can't cover anybody, quite frankly. And I know that they played tried to play some zone and whatever, but he just cannot make a play. 
Offensively, the Cardinals uh, racked up 362 yards. They were 8 of 15 on third down. Specific to Josh Dobbs, 28 of 41, 265 yards, two touchdowns. He did get pressured often, but he was only sacked once. It ended up being a pivotal sack. Uh, he also rushed 12 times for 48 yards. James Conner, 11 carries for 52 yards. A breakout contest for wide receiver Michael Wilson. Seven catches, 76 yards, two touchdowns. And Marquise Brown, who was on the injury report uh, heading into the game, he suited up. He played seven catches, 96 yards. And they did have a chance there uh, to cut the lead down to 21-18, but they didn't convert the two-point conversion. And the 49ers went on to score two more unanswered touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that was the right thing to do to try to get to a field goal. Unfortunately, the Cardinals defense couldn't get off the field after that. And, you know, the Niners, as we mentioned, 30 first downs. And I don't know, I'm sure I have, but I don't recall seeing 30 first downs, only five third down situations in the entire game for any team. Uh, I was very impressed with uh, Michael Wilson, and I was also very impressed with Josh Dobbs. Jonathan Gannon was asked about Dobbs after the game, and he said, yeah, huge. You saw it a couple of times out of the pocket. He extended a few plays on the one-fourth down. He ran for it, bang, bang, got it. Those are huge plays in the ball game. so he's doing a good job. Uh, what have you seen through four weeks in the progression of Josh Dobbs over those four weeks? He's looked really good. In fact, uh, I'm all, maybe at the point, I'm getting pretty close here, that I maybe have seen more out of Josh Dobbs in four games than I have Kyler Murray in four years. He definitely had some really nice passes yesterday that were, were dropped. Uh, I know it was kind of late in the game and uh, it wasn't going to result in a comeback or anything like that, but they were just perfectly placed balls that were dropped. So, uh, And he seems to be making very decisive decisions. He saw opportunities to run and made the decision to pull it down and run when he made a decision to throw, scramble, etc. Uh, yes, he's not perfect out there, but for maybe the concerns that we had and, and questions about what was the decision-making and thought process heading into bringing in Josh Dobbs, he certainly has delivered. Totally agree. Um, yeah, no question. Uh, he's uh, he's an NFL starting quarterback. I'm pretty sure I need to see more because, you know, everybody has – not everybody, even, you know, like if you're uh, – you know, you know, certain quarterbacks in the NFL right now that, you know, they've played a few games and we – know that they're not starting quarterbacks but we need to see more from uh, just a few more games from Dobbs but he's been good as I mentioned uh seen more in four games and uh, you know as far as I think you know progress and you know possible you know starting quarterback caliber I was never a Kyler Murray guy to start with so maybe I'm just uh you know barking up the wrong tree and I'm totally wrong but I don't think so so we'll see what happens Michael Wilson you mentioned I think I was the only person in Maricopa County outside the Cardinals facility that even knew who he was when they drafted him. Played some at Stanford. He was spectacular more than occasionally when he played at Stanford. Uh, just keep him healthy, which unfortunately he couldn't do very often at Stanford. Yeah, he that if he can stay healthy, that is going to be an incredible draft selection there from 
from the Cardinals. And uh, the Hour Lads draft guide certainly was high on Michael Wilson If and yeah. kind of even called him a potential steal of the draft just because of injury history if, if it all pans out for the team that selects him. So we'll have to wait and see how that all unfolds. But uh, obviously he's got uh, some incredible ability. And I like the way that Drew Petzing is using him. I like the way that Drew Petzing is being creative with the offense as well. Uh, so a lot of credit goes goes to him too. Yeah, he's done a really good job calling plays. We talked about that last Monday after the game against Dallas, specifically cited a few situations that were just you know tremendous play calls, either the play calling or just the actual scheme itself. And you know, obviously the Rondell Moore, you know, the backfield play from the game against Dallas, etc. I think that uh, he's done a really good job as the offensive coordinator. I think that they seem to be better at run blocking than pass protection, but I think that's the case for a lot of teams that are using some young offensive linemen or some offensive linemen that have been on other teams and just kind of journeyman offensive linemen. There is still the area to clean up with penalties. Uh, The 49ers were penalized four times, 21 yards. Cardinals penalized nine times for 55 yards, and a lot of those penalties came in the first half. Correct. I believe they had seven penalties in the first 25 minutes of the game, and three of those were on the first drive of the game. Remind me of the Washington game, quite frankly, uh, when they, they had multiple penalties in that first drive of the season, and Washington went down and scored a touchdown, and you know the Niners obviously went down and scored a touchdown. But uh, this is a whole different deal than the Niners facing the Niners' offensive personnel, a little different than facing Washington's personnel. Absolutely. And I think, you know, obviously this is all results coming from, from a loss. But when you just look at the 49ers, uh, I agree with you. I think they are the best team in the NFL. And where you have the Cardinals here, the coaching staff is doing a great job of having everyone prepared to play assignment-wise. Uh, you know, some of the – maybe some of the other things that we have seen with other teams with rookie head coaches, just uh, procedural things. We don't see that with, with this Cardinals team. So there's a lot of positive despite it being a loss that's true they seem to be organized that's for sure unlike asu on saturday which seems to be an unorganized mess most weeks we'll dive more into the nfl on the other side of the break and once again phone calls 602-260-1060 around 10 30 and 11 15 602-260-1060 we'll get into nfl on the other side of the break we'll make room for college football from the weekend that was in addition to major league baseball the diamondbacks punching their playoff ticket they will face the brewers on tuesday uh it looks like it's going to be brandon fought getting game number one we'll dive into all of that here in Monday, October 2nd edition of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app, powered by Superbook Sports. morning drive just got a little better the dan patrick show is live weekday morning starting at six exclusively on kdus am 1060 
Welcome back to X-Point on this Monday, October 2nd, right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app, powered by Superbook Sports, diving into the NFL from Sunday. I don't know about you, Bob, but as a whole, I was a little disappointed with the quality over the weekend. Yeah, well, there were any, I don't think there were very many really good games, but I kind of anticipated that going in, which I mentioned on Friday. Just didn't look like there were a whole lot of enticing matchups, especially after you got past Buffalo and Miami, and that game was over basically, to me, by halftime because Miami was just getting manhandled on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Well, let's start with that contest then, since you brought it up. Let me get to my notes there for the game. Uh, the Dolphins went into Buffalo and got stomped on, like you said. 48-20 to 20 was the final here. Uh, the Bills did not, though, however, escape with injury. There is fear. I haven't seen anything updated this morning about Tredavious White, though. The fear is that he tore his Achilles. He was carted off the field in the contest. So that is definitely something to monitor. He's a huge part of what the Bills can do defensively. Offensively, Josh Allen. He not was- not just that. Ed Oliver also left this game twice. And my, my my to my knowledge, he did not come back after the second time. But they were also winning by a hundred then, so maybe he was just okay, and they were being precautionary. But he was wrecking and destroying the Miami offensive line when he was healthy. Josh Allen was incredibly efficient, 21 of 25, 320 yards, four touchdowns. Meanwhile, Tua, 25 of 35, 282 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Uh, the Dolphins were just 310 on third down. They were 0 of 3 on fourth down. They had eight penalties for 98 yards. To your point, it was a mismatch on the uh, at the line of scrimmage there, and ultimately it disrupted everything that the Dolphins were trying to do offensively. Yeah, also defensively, we I think a lot of people, even the people that thought the Dolphins were going to go undefeated and win the Super Bowl before this game, I assume that they had some concerns about their defense. Uh, their tackling was atrocious, uh, and uh, they had almost no pass rush in this game also. Uh, so bad combination. Yeah, I think, you know, we had talked about it on Friday of, like, do we know enough about this Dolphins uh, defense? Because have they played a capable offense to move the ball? We saw what happened in that shootout in the Chargers game. Uh, we saw maybe glimpses of what uh, the Patriots defense was able to do to limit the uh, Dolphins offensively, but they weren't able to mount enough offensively to test the Dolphins defensively. We saw that challenge in Buffalo there, and it didn't go well for Miami. Tua said postgame about the loss uh it's very humbling and uh for some it's much needed he also added i can promise you one thing will definitely be better from this well hopefully armstead will be back he's one of at least three left tackles that went down with injuries yesterday and considering his injury history and remember we did the miami season preview i gave the stats of when armstead was healthy and playing for miami last year and when he didn't and their every all, all their offensive numbers significantly declined when he was out. We were both on different sides of this. Uh, I personally didn't have a bet, but for the poll question here, uh, I was on the Dolphins side of things. You were on the Bills side of things, and I just thought that this was the game to see, you know, if my preseason thoughts about the Dolphins taking a step forward, the Bills maybe taking a little bit of a step backward, are going to come to fruition. And uh, I did not see that be the case in yesterday's contest. It is just one game, and it was perfect weather conditions. 
that's true. We mentioned uh, that the best thing for Miami is this game was in October and not in uh, December, which has been frequently, or January like it was last year in the playoffs. So that was good. Uh, but I think it also uh, I think it just confirms what I thought about the Miami defense, which is not good. Uh, they've been bad in defense in, four, in two of the four games at the Chargers and Buffalo where they had no chance to get any stops. They were okay against Denver, but they scored 70 points in that game. Uh, and they were really good only once, and that was against New England, whose offense is not good at all. Uh, let's go back to the early contest from London with the Jaguars defeating the Falcons 23-7. to uh, Certainly the dagger was a 61-yard pick six that Desmond Ritter threw. He's not, uh, he's not certainly developing into an NFL quarterback. He sucks. Uh, I think it's easy to say for me that he's the worst starting quarterback in the NFL right now. And that's saying something because there's some bad starting quarterbacks but he is the worst. Uh, he gives his team zero chance except for one game against Green Bay this year. Any chance to win the game. Uh, he had two more picks yesterday. I did not watch any of this game. In fact, I forgot they were even playing this game until I got up at like 8 o'clock yesterday and he realized that, that game had been played to about 9.15. And went, whoa, that's right, they played that game. Uh, so I only saw highlights here. Uh, I understand that they have, I think, I wonder if the owner, Arthur Blank, is, you know, basically saying that we're not changing our quarterback uh, because Taylor Heineke, who I also don't really think is very good, quite frankly, he's better than this and he should be playing if they want to give their team the best chance to win. I will say this, that uh, Arthur Smith, head coach for the Falcons, has met reporters here in the last 30 minutes or so, and he says that Desmond Ritter will remain the starting quarterback. Uh, one thing of note, too, uh, because they were doing the Toy Story version of this game, and I saw some different highlights and clips from it. I thought it was cool. So I think it would be kind of neat for a kid to, to get to watch Toy Story and the football game as it was. Moving on. Okay. One other, one other thing about Jacksonville, we talked about how they haven't got any pass rush, and Josh Allen had done nothing. He had three sacks yesterday for the, for the, for the Jags in this game. And next week it's going to be Josh Allen versus Josh Allen. Ooh, in London again. Correct. Uh, the Rams, they defeated the Colts 29-23, to needed overtime to do it. The Rams had this game in cruise control going into the half. Uh, Brett Maher did miss a field goal uh, at the end of the half. He also missed another one in the second half that could have changed things dramatically here. But the Colts ended up coming storming back in the second half. The number's not great for Anthony Richardson, but he was really good in that second half. 11 of 25, 200 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he was poised and making good decisions late in that game to lead to the comeback but ultimately uh puka continues to be incredible nine catches 163 yards one touchdown for him something to monitor matthew stafford who injured his hip and was clearly hobbled late in that game another left tackle injury for the rams here too that's been a issue for them you know really for a couple of years now so We'll see how that goes with them. And obviously, uh, you mentioned the Stafford thing. He says he's going to play this upcoming week with the hip pointer. He was hobbling around for much of the second half. He actually ran for two first downs with the hip pointer situation. Gutty performance for sure. I'm not exactly sure I'm as uh, high on Richardson or, you know, he, he does some really good things. 
He also makes some passes that nobody in the stadium can catch, uh, which is, you know, not, not, sometimes that's not a bad thing. Uh, but I just need to see more his inconsistent passing, which we thought might be a problem. Quite frankly, I think it's been more of a problem than I thought it would be. Uh, when it comes to the... By right- the way, Shaq, Le- Shaq Leonard got injured in this game, too, for Indianapolis. If he's not playing, they're screwed. The uh, Ravens and the Browns. Ravens won 28-3. It was a dominant performance by the Ravens without Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. It was Dorian Thompson Robinson, 19 of 36, 121 yards, three interceptions, four sacks, just really trying to do a little bit too much here in this contest. The Ravens were 4-for-4 in the red zone. Some of the red zone attempts, though, were great field position that got them into being in the red zone. They didn't march down the field necessarily to get into the red zone but regardless they punched it into the end zone when they had the opportunities and now the Ravens lead the north three uh with a record of three and one and they've already won road games at Cincinnati and Cleveland and I think they play this week at Pittsburgh if I'm not mistaken so they could uh, sweep uh, the division on the road in uh, the first like five weeks of the season this was the best game I really think I've ever seen Lamar play uh, he was accurate passing. Uh, you know, remember last year, really the last couple of years, he didn't run very often in the red zone. That certainly changed. There's no, no problem running in the red zone. He's got three rushing touchdowns last season. He had a couple of those yesterday. Um, he's he that like I said, this is the best game I've ever seen him play. And I'm a big uh, skeptic about Lamar Jackson, but uh, if he keeps this up, they're going to run away with the division. Another left tackle situation. Uh, this we knew about, but Ronnie Stanley did not come back and play in this game. Also, their defense is so beat up that uh, they signed uh, Kyle Van Noy, who I th- actually thought was retired. Uh, but Ajobu, unfortunately, uh, is out with knee and ankle injuries. They didn't really give you any information. At least I didn't see any information, anything other than ankle and knee injuries uh that's a bad combination because your your leg is only so long no matter how tall you are uh so there's that uh dorian thompson robinson this was the definition of a quarterback the game was just way too fast for him he had no chance uh and also jerome ford and miles garrett got hurt in this game for cleveland Uh, garrett left the stadium in a walking boot and before yesterday, I thought he was the defensive player of the year through the first three games of the season in the league, the defensive player of the year. I wonder if the Browns wish they still had Josh Dobbs. <laughs> and that I didn't think about, but I think that's a good thought. We'll get into more from the weekend in the NFL on the other side of the break. We'll also take your phone calls if you'd like to chime in. 602-260-1060 is the number. 602-260-1060. More NFL discussion next. It is the Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app, powered by Superbook Sports. More on the other side of the break. Dan Patrick Show, weekday mornings from 6 to 9 a.m. This is just uh, something I like to call breakfast. With big-name guests, timely sports information, and more on KTUS AM 1060. (laughs) 
Welcome back. 1041 here on this Monday, October 2nd. Extra point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. As promised, phone call time 602-260-1060 is the number. We have some filled up phone lines, so let's get things started here uh, with Monroe in Glendale. Monroe, what's on your mind today? Happy Monday. Same to you. Uh, in the spirit of full disclosure, when I found the Cardinals, got Josh Dobbs, I called Bob and said uh, I like him. I don't know why the Steelers chose Mason Rudolph over him, but I like him. And I was interested to see how well he would do. My opinion is that there's no reason to bring Kyler Murray back this year. Frankly stated, they're not going anywhere. They're not going to do anything. Uh, the Bears and the Panthers are going to beat them in the rush to the bottom. So the best they could hope for is the third pick. And if Josh Dobbs continue to play the way he has, I think they should explore shopping Kyler Murray to see if they could get some draft picks and really rebuild this team. Uh, and they might even consider getting out of the third spot. Yeah, I actually think they're going to finish lower than the or worse than the third spot because you know I could throw in about three or four other teams. The Broncos and the Raiders come to mind immediately, uh, so that could move them down to the fifth spot. Uh, so there's that. But I think actually the I think the best argument for Murray to actually come back and play this season is you hope he comes back and plays at a decent level where some other team would be willing to trade and uh, trade for him, like Minnesota, whose you know, Cousins is leaving after the end of the season. And, you know, that was actually talked about, like, in June, that, that might be a possibility. But uh, I think that's uh, the, uh, the argument for Murray playing this season is that you hope he does enough to get uh, – that he has any trade value whatsoever at the end of the season. Sure, at least you, you put him on display, but that's that's got to be four teams that would be desperate enough to at least take a look at him. I, Carolina. Well, there's there's a lot of bad quarterbacks here, so I think that you know, as I mentioned, I think Minnesota is the most obvious place because they they're going to need a quarter. They have no quarterback on their roster right now that is capable of starting. I think even a game in the NFL. Yeah. Um. So you are. Uh, you are the 49ers, the best team in the NFL. So is that is that right now? Or you think that? What do you think? Actually, well, I actually thought they were the best team before the season started when I picked them to win the Super Bowl. Nothing has changed in four weeks to change my mind. Okay, I didn't realize you picked them to win the Super Bowl. Okay, well, since you got the phone bank full, I'm gonna drop the line and listen to it on the radio. All right, thanks, Monroe. 602-260-1060 is the number. Uh, briefly there, I guess piggybacking off of that, uh, with the 49ers, uh, I think that they're like a complete football team. Would you then put the Eagles as number two? I don't know if I have a number two right now because I'm really concerned. Concerns maybe a strong word. But I think there is reason for concern about the Eagles' defense, uh, including yesterday when uh, – you know, Sam Howell, who can do anything last week when he was just destroyed by the Bills' uh, you know, defensive front, possibly, and uh, not possibly, but that happened. 
you know, yesterday, you know, basically the Eagles didn't touch him for a lot of part of that game yesterday. It's not like the Washington offensive line suddenly got better in one week. Uh, so I think there's a, a reason for concern about the, the Eagles defense. And now, they, I, to my knowledge, they're all healthy now. I mean, they had a, you know, the injury excuse the first couple of weeks, and I don't think that was the case yesterday. 602-260-1060, Matt in Phoenix. What's going on today, Matt? Guys, how you doing? How was the weekend? It was good. How was yours? Good. Not too bad. I um, want to bring up a potpourri kind of uh, uh, number of topics. Um, first of all, the Diamondbacks, happy to see they're in the playoffs. Um, kind of breaking this down, I wonder if it's a terrible matchup for them. More than likely down one nothing with Burns versus Fott. Um, Gallon, obviously, a different guy on the road, not going to be able to pitch at home here. And as we've talked about, if the game is tied or, you know, God forbid, Milwaukee were to have a lead um, in the sixth inning. Uh, they have a massive advantage with their bullpen. Um, so kind of wanted uh, your thoughts on this uh, upcoming series. I don't think it's a particularly good matchup. I would actually, you know, like I said earlier a couple times in the sports zone, and when I talked with Matt Schneider from CBSSports.com, I brought this up too. If the Diamondbacks have a lead – and uh, any part of the game, like third or three or four innings in, I wonder if you'd see uh, what Merrill Kelly could do tomorrow. And, I heard uh, you just talk about to, that. Yeah. Try to steal that game, and then you got Gallon on Tuesday. I think that's your chance to win the series. If you somehow steal the first game and Gallon was good in the second game. We've talked before. I'm not a huge fan of starters in relief in the playoffs. It's just not something they're used to. Um would that be a hesitation that you'd have with Kelly in that spot or just go with it because you desperately need to win that game? Yes, I think you desperately need to win that game. Okay. I think that's their bet I think that's their best chance to win the game. Um Philadelphia at fourteen to one I have available to me. Do you think that's worth a bet? I think they have some swing and miss in the bullpen, although I certainly don't trust Craig Kimbrell. Um and veteran roster with a good starting rotation. Um what are your thoughts in terms of the Phillies? I'm not as high as everybody else is, so maybe okay. I'm just wrong. Uh, I don't quite trust the bullpen. They're swing and miss, as you mentioned, in their defense. Okay. Um, college football, real quickly. Is anybody great in college football? And I've come to the conclusion after Oregon State dominated Utah um, that the Pac-12 is absolutely going to cannibalize itself. But in mm-hmm. saying that, because of how good the conference is, does a one-loss Pac-12 team who wins the conference championship get into the playoffs? Maybe. I think it just kind of depends on how this goes. Um, you know, if you have, a, you know, I don't know how you can have a one-loss Pac-12 team that would have a, one really horrible loss, but uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I think it's safe to say, though, through uh, September – uh, that we have not seen a dominant team in college football. I yeah. know, you know some people were jumping on Michigan after Saturday, but I think there's a whole lot of teams that would go into Nebraska and win by 100 points. <laughs> yeah, that Michigan's played uh, absolutely nobody, and that continues this week, too. Um, lastly, I want to talk a little bit about my favorite event in sports. Uh, Kayla, the, the writer, obviously, as a uh, Team Europe ticket holder, I was, I was happy with the results. Um, I have some questions here in terms of uh, how Team USA is organizing their um, their roster and 
I think they're kind of looking at long-term success and not necessarily short-term form to pick guys. Uh, you know, cases uh, in regards to that are Colin Morikawa and Jake, uh, Jordan Spieth, who are not very good. Um, I don't think they look at course fit enough. Uh, would have maybe brought you to Cam Young and, and Keegan Bradley. Um, and I think you underestimated how much better uh, certain guys on Team Europe were this year as opposed to two years ago, specifically uh, Victor Hovland, who might be the best player in the world. Um, Carol Hatton, significantly better. Matt Fitzpatrick, the whole new player, especially with a major championship. Um, and, and Tommy Fleetwood as well. So I think Team USA needs to go back to the drawing board here and, and kind of revamp how they do things. And what are your thoughts on that? I appreciate the time. guys. Yeah, that's actually an interesting thought here because obviously this point structure is over the course of, you know, two years, a whole two-year process, uh, and then they allow the six players for captain selections, and we were so focused on Justin Thomas and whether or not he should have been on the team or not, but to your point, uh, there was really no one discussing Cam Young. There were plenty of uh, people on the Keegan Bradley side of things. I think form does have a factor heading into all of this. Jordan Smith was so up and down all year long and I kind of want to give him a bit of a pass about form heading into this event because him and his wife had like just given birth to to a baby uh so there was just a lot that was going on in his personal life that maybe wasn't allowed he wasn't able to be as prepared as he possibly could have been heading into this event but when it comes to at least Spieth's the the intangibles of him being able to gut something out uh he he gives it his his all effort in those types of scenarios um it's there's just a lot of noise right now that's surrounding team usa when you have these reports about uh you know xander shoffley's dad talking about how uh there was some sort of agreement that needed to be in place xander almost wasn't going to be on the team uh with like one week to go ahead of the Ryder cup because of certain legalities there just seems to be a lot of extraneous noise that's particularly happening and i'm just uh curious about if any of that is more of a distraction than not in addition to that i think team europe in general, just had better players. Uh, because you pointed out Victor Hovland may be the best player in the world right now. He's playing great golf. Rory McElroy's great. John Rahm, his clutch ability. He is a phenomenal talent. We've already known that. And when he puts it all together, he is unstoppable. So when you needed the best of the best from Team Europe to play that way, they absolutely did. So... It was hard to beat them regardless of what ended up happening uh, and how the team was constructed. Catch the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060 and online at KDUS1060.com. online at kdos1060.com and with the kdos1060 app powered by superbook sports i'll say one more thing about the rider cup that i was talking about in the previous segment before we get back to nfl discussion i do think it's important and imperative uh to look at who you're pairing together as well so strengths of what is going to be the golf course setup and how you pair players together like specifically when the united states went and didn't lose and didn't win excuse me a single match in the opening uh, foursome there 
pairing Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns together as the lead group out uh, just didn't make any logical sense other than that they're really good friends and that maybe they'll play well because they're really good friends, but their games don't complement each other. So I think Team Europe did a much better job of pairing players together whose games complemented one another, and that led to some, some success. But I also think your best players have to rise to the occasion and play well. And when you look at things for the week here, Rory was 4-1 and O, Victor was 3-1 and 1, Rom was 2-0 and 2, Hatton 3-0 and 1, Tommy 3-1 and 0. You can't ask for anything better than that from the, the the guys that you're counting on to be the stalwarts to be the stalwarts. Moving on to the NFL here, uh, one other thing that we were discussing earlier with the Commanders and the Eagles and that game going into overtime here, Philly ended up winning 34-31. Were you surprised at all that uh, with the opportunity to kind of wind the clock down and maybe play for a field goal and take some time off the clock. The Eagles didn't do that. They ended up going for the touchdown uh, and then kind of trying to play some defense and ultimately weren't able to do that with a whole minute and 40 left to go in the game. I was much more surprised when Ron Rivera didn't go for two when it was 31-30. That was going to be my next question. Go for two, right? That's the play. Supposed to be Riverboat Ron, and he said that he thought his offensive was line was too tired and uh, to go for two. What the hell? What? Uh, <laughs> that's what he said. said he thought the offense was too tired after they went down the field and scored. So didn't understand that at all. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts, by the way, that guy threw some clutch passes, which we said last year, and it happened again yesterday. Absolutely. Uh, We'll get into more NFL college football on the other side of the break. We'll also get things started with the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, getting their opportunity to play in postseason baseball. Tuesday, it all gets started as they are in Milwaukee facing the Brewers. So we'll dive into that. Some of the other Major League Baseball playoff matchups as well. And we'll take your phone calls around 1115-602-260-1060 is the number. We'll talk to you around 1115 in hour number two happening on the other side of the break. It is the extra point on this Monday, October 2nd.